It's a bunch of professionals. This is the Ben and Ashley I Almost Famous Podcast with iHeartRadio. I'm Ben. I'm Ashley. Hello, everyone. Hey. Ben, how you doing on this Thanksgiving week? (laughs) I'm so good. My family's in town. Uh, I'm in Denver. I I didn't make the trip to L.A. because it's time to spend time with the family. Right. Uh, Well, I'm not in L.A. either. I'm in Virginia. With the family. Yeah. See, I mean, so, so far, my family's been in town a few days. The, the, one of the best things, actually, about my parents being in town is they come out to Denver, and all they want to do is work on my house. <gasps> Me too. My parents do that when they come to my places. <laughs> it's the wildest thing. I, uh, it, this trip, they, they drove out from Indiana. They get out here, and within the first two hours, they, they literally are having me walk around the house picking out things to say, this is what you can do this trip. This is what you can't do this trip. Because I know <laughs> if I let them have free range, they're just going all out and changing so many things about my little house. Oh, my gosh. But I love that. Every time my mom goes to one of my apartments, and I say one of them because I'm, like, thinking back in, like, the years. It's, like, every time I have a new apartment, she goes in, and she's, like, moving around furniture, and she goes to Home Goods to get cute stuff. She's, like, you need a rug in here. I'm, like, okay, Mom, you can go get me a rug. <laughs> it is a love language. I think it is, like, it's the parents' way of saying, you know, we can't be around all the time, but we're still your parents. We still love you, and we still know what's best for you, and we know where everything goes. Yeah. Um, because I lose my own stuff all the time. Yeah. Um, well, well, how was um, how was Guatemala? You came back a couple days ago, like what, like five Ashley days ago? Ashley with Honduras. Oh my goodness gracious! <laughs> Honduras. Honduras. Nice, Ashley, know where he is at least. Oh, <laughs> uh, it was. So what good. happened? Uh, uh, it was really, really good. I, I did have a little bit of disappointment. So I went to an island called Roatan, which is an island right off of Honduras. It's a beautiful island, one of the most beautiful places I've ever been in my life. Um, and I scuba dived for the first time. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, I went down to Roatan to kind of get some sun, to relax, to kick back for a few days uh, because there's been a lot going on. And I'm not kidding you, Ashley. It rained from morning to night. Every day of the trip. And so I spent a lot of time inside in a tiki hut looking out the ocean. Oh, well, that sounds kind of tranquil. Is that weird? It was. The weirdest part, though, and this is, this is a compliment to you, Ash. So I'm in Roatan. And I'm mm-hmm. getting one of those beach massages. You know the ones that, you know, Ooh. the people walk up down the beach, say, hey, you know, $10 for 20 yeah. minutes. Yeah. Can we give you a massage? So I'm getting a beach massage. And this tourist tour bus, so it's the Rotan's a big island for cruise ships. And so this <gasps> cruise ship bus gets off as I'm getting this massage on the beach. And these girls go, oh, Ben, hey, hey. And they run over and interrupt my, you know, very calming, relaxing massage, which is super nice of them. Um and what they tell me is, they said, we listen to your podcast. We love oh Ashley so much. And I said, oh good. My gosh. Good. So I'm going to tell her. So I promised them that I would let you know, all the way from Roatan, Honduras, people are fans of you, Ash. That is the coolest thing. That's so cool. Also, shout out to cruise ships everywhere, <laughs> because there's nothing more in life that I love more than a cruise. Oh, uh, uh, speaking of love... Uh, we have some interesting bachelor news that I don't know a lot about, so I'm going to trust you and your and your you know knowledge of what's going on in the world to help me out here. So, I have a note here that says that January Jones went on Corden, uh, the late night show again, and is talking about Nick Vile and how he reached out to her people, but she doesn't know why. Am I correct here? 
No, okay. So, January Jones, big Bachelor fan. Apparently, she has a crush on you and Nick. Um, you, after you did the um, lip sync battle, I think they reached out to, to Nick if, to see if he'd be interested in also doing his own lip sync battle. Oh. But he thought it would be really funny if January Jones was the person that I battle because she's a Bachelor fan and apparently has, like, maybe interest in me. So, I think Nick or, like, his agent reached out to uh, January's people, as we were talking about last episode. Like, you know, we'll have my people, call your people. You can, like, set up this, you know, this love, right? What a weird world. <laughs> what yeah. a weird world. And uh, she she declined. She said, no, I don't want to do lip sync battle. And, I'm, and I think it's because she said she had, like, some concerns that he was just trying to embarrass her or, like, that it was just going to be, like, Mm. Uh, I don't know. She said that she would like to meet Nick, but not in a competitive environment such as that. And not in an environment where she can be publicly humiliated on TV. Okay. So what, what so, do you think Nick's waiting on? Nick's a good So, yeah. The, the bottom line here is that it seems like January would be totally down to go on a date with Nick or you, okay. I think, if she was just asked flat out, Hi, January. My name's Nick. My name's Ben. Mm. I would like to go on a date with you. And, All right. Uh, that's what she's looking uh, for. She's looking for to not to be rejected. She said. <laughs> so Ben, I don't know. Yeah, what's up? Why don't you just ask her? I think she's cute, and she, I love her show. She's on that Will Forte Last Man on Earth show. Yeah. Why don't I just ask her? I don't know. I mean, I, I guess you can ask her right here, so you don't have to get people <laughs> See, involved. Exactly what she was saying. She doesn't want to happen is like this roundabout way of asking her out. Um, but if yeah, you were to no, bump it's direct. Her, how would you do it? If I were to bump into her, how would I do? Okay, so I'm actually going to use uh, – I'm not great at the first line or the first intro, okay? I really like talking to people and going on dates. I don't mind it at all, but the first line is always hard for me. So I got a little advice from actually my buddy Nick File on a good line to use uh, when you meet somebody. Say, hey, you know what, January? I understand that you're way too pretty to not have a boy bu- boyfriend, but if you ever happen to be single, I would love to take you out sometime. How does that that's sound? That's cute. That that's nice. That's nice, isn't it? So that's probably the line I would use. I actually, though, I, just because we're on the topic and I don't want to forget, um, I thought about my uh, celebrity crush, and I actually have oh. I have one. Awesome. Who? Sophia Bush. Okay. okay. That's great. And we can do that. We can so make that happen. We can, so we can that do happen. that. Ah! What do you mean? Wait, whoa, 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 that's not what I was asking for. I was just saying, hey. That is, that is. That's what we're working on. Somebody who you could actually logistically get with. Like, not a Jennifer Aniston, a Sophia Bush, a B-lister. <laughs> I never said that I was, like, wanting to get back in the dating field. So, like, I just yes, was you saying. Uh, I was just saying, hey, like, she's really cute. She seems really nice. She seems to have a great big heart. Um, she definitely she seems like she has a big heart. She does. So I was like, you know what? That is a girl that I can admire. Um, so there you go. Take it or leave it, Ashley and um, Amy. Um, you, that, that is my celebrity crush. I like it. Doesn't she have I like it too. sexy, raspy voice? Yeah, she has the best voice. Guys, you don't have to talk me into this. I already told you okay, she's my Okay, crush. well, we need to give an update on Jimmy Garoppolo because I'm getting a lot of tweets asking, like, Ashley, what's your status? Yeah. And, well, Amy hasn't told me what my status is. I think that means that nothing's happened. Nothing so far. Which is fine yeah. because I think maybe we should just hold off for the next month and then we will revisit Correct. this when it's the off season. Because that is exactly what I was going to say. It's okay. very challenging for a football player during football season. Yeah. But come February. 
it, well, for him, January, good. because the team's only won once. Oh, they're terrible. Yeah. The 49ers are terrible? This year, yes. So he just won their first game a couple days ago. And, Ben, please correct me if I'm wrong. I've been way out of the football loop this year. Did they yeah. beat my Giants? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I actually don't know who San Francisco beat, but I do know – uh, that Ashley, that was a really sweet comment that you just made about Jimmy, saying, hey, I want to wait until your life slows down a little bit so that you can foc- we can focus on each other. I think that's what you're trying to say. You already kind of sound like a girl dating a football player. Oh. <laughs> Do you guys that's funny. Very understandable. It's all about, that's my new thing. It's all about the long game. Like, oh, well, I think I've been playing the long game my entire life. <laughs> it's a marathon, not a sprint. Is what yeah. I <laughs> I know right, he's out so, there waiting for you. I know he knows about you. Um, oh. So w- you got to keep us updated, though. I mean, this is a really big deal to me, even to hear, you know, how this plays out. And you are right. As I look it up, San Francisco beat your Giants last yeah. week, thirty-one ten or thirty-one twenty-one. So that was his. Uh, there was their first win of the season and his first win as a starting quarterback. So I'm going to let him ride this out. <laughs> and then we'll revisit in January, and hopefully by January we have Ben set up with Sophia. Well, hey, speaking of big stories, we have a couple big pregnancies uh, in Bachelor Nation. Ali Fedotowski is announcing that she is pregnant with uh, their second child. That's a huge, yep. big news for them. I mean, what a cool couple. Uh, I've got to be around them a couple times, uh, and I've really enjoyed watching them be parents. They really seem like great parents. And along with Ali, you have Sean and Catherine who are pregnant again. Um, who, you know, is obviously one of the most successful love stories to ever come out of Bachelor Nation. So congratulations to both of them. So cool. So cute. Love the Bachelor babies. And uh, Carly is doing three months. Oh, jeez. That's wild. I mean, look at this. See, there's a lot of love. How many Bachelor babies have y'all met? Uh, I haven't met a Bachelor baby yet, which is so weird. But I will be meeting Emmy in January. Ben, have you met our next guest, kids? I have. Yeah, yeah. I guess that is true. Yeah, we have a next guest who is the OG of The Bachelorette. Trista Sutter will be coming on the show today. Uh, I mean, come on. Does it get any better than Trista? Can you pick a better first Bachelorette uh, than than Trista Sutter? She has been uh, the epitome of class through this whole process. And her and Ryan both have two children of their own. Yeah. They've been married like it's 14 crazy. years. Isn't it's that crazy. nuts, guys? And they live out here in Vail, Colorado, about an hour and a half from me. I've actually been up to their house, and uh, they welcomed us in about a year and a half ago to kind of come in and hang out and see their family. Um, just really great people. Uh, a really cool love story. And, and, those and Ryan's people... hot. <laughs> yeah? You should tell Trista. Uh, yeah, I remember seeing Ryan at Jaden Tanner's wedding, and I was like, that guy looks like he could play Superman. He, he is a stud, and you know what he does? And this is, well, let's ask Trist about it, but when I was with him uh, a, a year and a half ago, we were sitting at his house, and I was saying, oh, Ryan, what are you up to this weekend? And he goes, oh, I'm, I'm running a race. I said, oh, that's crazy. So uh, when do you leave? He goes, oh, I'm going to head out tomorrow morning. I said, how long is the race? 100 miles. He <gasps> runs 100-mile races still. I mean, I think he's over 40, or at least is getting close to it. The guy is an absolute stud. Um, he is a What? How is that possible? Wait, a hundred, a hundred miles straight? Yeah, yeah. No, they do like, it. don't you die? <laughs> no, Ashley, I don't think you die. I hope, I hope you don't die. How do you train to run a hundred <laughs> miles? That's like my house in D.C. Halfway to New York. Yeah, well, you should start trying. 
<laughs> see how far you make it. Hey, uh, not to uh, change the subject completely, but we are going to talk to Tristan a little bit, uh, which I'm super excited about. She's great. Um, I, I want to hear Ashley. Chris Souls, uh, one of my good buddies, and you know we all have been familiar with his his journey over the last you know year and a half here and then kind of what's brought him to this point today what is the latest with him i see he he is now on social media um Mm -hmm. is there any other updates that you know of oh i don't know any others i know that you guys keep in touch with him a little bit more than i do i just know that his legal team is asking the court to dismiss a charge against him about failure to remain they're fighting that charge because he stayed and attempted cpr and he waited until the paramedics came legal news Okay. Oh, so. interesting. But yeah, he is back on social. He had gotten rid of his Instagram for a while, but now it's back and he's been liking posts and commenting, I think. So, so Amy, what do you know about, I mean, you, you are familiar with the situation. Like, what are the next steps here? What should we, are we expecting to hear anything from Chris? Uh, how does this kind of play out? No, I'm looking up while you guys talk the date of the next hearing, which I think is the actual trial. Okay. I thought it was in January, but while you guys talk, let me look it up. I thought it was in right. January, too. Sounds good. All right, hey, well, while we wait. <laughs> yeah, while we wait here, uh, I'll be checking the time, but I'll be checking the time on my movement. Watch. We get it. Holiday shopping can be tough, but thanks to movement, all that gift-giving anxiety can disappear with the press of a button. Movement watches make the perfect purchase for just about anyone in your life, guy or girl. And remember, they start at only $95. Again, that's only $95. You've heard me talk about movement, and I'm sure you got yourself a watch. Now, let's finish your holiday shopping and get a movement watch for someone else on your holiday list. It's a company started by two broke college kids, somewhat like I was, who wanted to wear stylish watches but couldn't afford them. So they started their own watch company. Movement watches start at just $95 at a, at a department store. You're looking at uh, probably 400 to 500 bucks. Yeah. They Can I say that, something about this? Ashley, I would love for you to. I just want to let you know that if you, guys, you get a movement watch, you can wear like a whole sweatsuit and just like be super sloppy. But you slap one of those things on your wrist and you just make that an outfit. It goes from being lounge pants to an outfit. It really pulls together the look. Perfect. Actually, I'm, you know what? I'm glad you added that because they figured out by, by selling online, they're able to cut out the middleman and retail markup, providing the best possible price for you. So like Ashley was saying, if you're feeling sloppy, you need to spice it up a bit, buy yourself a $95 watch, make yourself look real good. It's a classic design, quality, construction, and styled minimalism. Over 1 million watches sold in over 160 countries. So here it is. Get 15% off today with free shipping and free returns by going to movement.com slash almost famous. Okay, but movement is mvmt.com slash almost famous. Go to mvmt.com slash almost famous. Join the movement. Hey, AIM, did you figure out anything? January. The trial is slated for January. No date yet. Hmm. All right. Well, we will update you on that as the time comes. But now we have Trista Wren. Trista, Trista Sutter. Trista Wren was her old name. <laughs> Trista, are you there? I'm here. I was like, Trista Wren. Wow, I haven't heard that in a long time. <laughs> How crazy is that? That just came out of my mouth. <laughs> Wait, did you purpose, How are you? No, I didn't. It just was like a reflex from like my sophomore year in high school. <laughs> Wasn't like elementary school. <laughs> no, I promise you, I'm pretty darn sure it was my sophomore year. <laughs> How are you guys? 
We're great. How are you? I'm the good. First are you bachelorette ever? I am. I'm back for this whole week. My family came in. I was just saying, telling Ashley that uh, today, actually, my parents came up and met me for lunch in Evergreen. So we had a beautiful lunch. It's snowing outside. Yeah. Uh, life in Colorado is really nice in the winter. It's the best. In the summer, it's even better, though. I have to say. I agree. No, have you started skiing yet? Yeah. <laughs> have you started? You've lived there for 15 years, but you started skiing. <laughs> no, this year, this season. <laughs> no, no, the mountain actually. I think it opens tomorrow. Um, okay. But I, I don't know if you know this about me. We may have talked about it in the past, but I'm not a huge skier. Um, I actually. You know, committed to moving to the mountains for my handsome mountain man that I met on a little show called The Bachelorette, and um, I, I, I'm, I'm not into it. You know, I live here, but I'm more of a homebody in the winter. I let it um, be Ryan and the kids things. You know, being able to have a couple kids who started skiing when they were two years old is pretty cool. So, where are you from originally? So I was born in Indianapolis, and then I mm-hmm. shout out to Indiana. That's you. my girl. That's my girl. Go um, <laughs> Look at you guys! You're following each other's footsteps. <laughs> um, anyway, I was born in Indy. I was raised in St. Louis, and then I went to IU, and then I went to University of Miami for grad school, and then I lived there for seven years, and then moved to LA, as we all know, and then came to Colorado. Now I'm a Colorado girl. What's your master's in? What's my master's in? Yeah. In physical therapy. I was a pediatric physical therapist. Hey, Krista, I got to let you know this. This is huge. Did you just call me Krista? No, I said Trista, right? (laughs) Yeah, you said Trista. I don't know. Sometimes I get distracted. Maybe I did. Hey, I got to let you know. Guess what I'm doing December 1st? What? I'm going back to IU to speak about generous coffee with my buddy Riley at the Kelly School. No, you're not. I am. How exciting hey, is that? I, actually, so I have a friend. Okay, so one of my sorority sisters at Alpha Chi just yeah. um, has her daughter who just started at the Kelly Business School, and so I will tell her that she has to look out for you. Her name's Isabel Connell. I would love to meet Isabel Connell. Please tell her to come say <laughs> hi. And, I, and I'm going <laughs> to stop by Alpha Chi uh, because if you remember, um, I actually, my, my college girlfriend was in the same sorority that you were in. So... As a result, I'll stop by and say hi because that place I have a lot of great memories at. I'm sure, but you couldn't go really exploring because you weren't allowed. Or were you? Uh-oh. Sorry, that's my phone. Um, <laughs> no, or were you allowed like 15 years after I went to college? When did you graduate from college? <laughs> I graduated in 2012. Oh, my. Okay, I'm sorry, but you guys are way too young. (laughs) This is how I feel with other kids these days. Like, all the other Bachelor kids, I'm like, you were born in 1992? Yeah. Krista, don't worry. Krista, I'm here for you. you. I think I'm older than you. Give me a break. This is not Ashley. No, it's Amy Sugarman. Amy Sugarman! (laughs) <laughs> See, you guys, Amy's famous. So this is what's funny. Trista and I have known each other since she was on The Bachelor. 15 years ago. No, I mean, I was on Ryan Seacrest's show when he had his, like, his little talk show thing. Yep. 
Alan Valentine show. We did tons of stuff. Um, I love you, Amy. I miss you. I love you. I'm so happy you could come on. Well, I'm, I mean, thanks for thinking of this, like, old dinosaur well, bachelor person. It's actually perfect for Thanksgiving week, which Ben and Ashley, after we do all our gossiping, we'll talk about your book, which is so great for this week. And I love that you wrote it and, you know, shared your thoughts. And, and you know, Ben will ask you all about it. Trista, we have so much to talk to you about. Um, I want to start by saying uh, you, we started talking about you at the beginning of the podcast. And Ashley and Amy both agreed that Ryan is, I think in Ashley's word, He's hot. Oh, yeah. He could play I Superman, I said. <laughs> He's very Clark Kent-esque. He's still, I, call, I call him Clark Kent all the time. Oh, my gosh. Yes. See, when I saw him at Jane Tanner's wedding, I was like, that guy could be Superman he with totally the glasses. Well, he is to me, you know. Oh, that was really sweet. Oh, I, like so I love that. Thanks, Ashley. Yeah, he's, I mean, you know, that's one of the reasons why I married him. I'm not stupid. <laughs> I gotta ask. Okay, how old are your kids? Um, Max is ten, and Blakesley is eight. All right, so they know how you met. You've got to tell me how you told your kids the story of how you met. Yeah. So last summer we were visiting Michigan, and um, we were in a hotel room, oddly enough. And I don't know if there was something going on on TV or something. And Blakesley was like, how did you meet Daddy? And I'm like, and Ryan wasn't even there. And I'm like, oh, my God, what do I say? Like, how am I going to go into this? Like, uh-huh. what do I have to say? So anyway, I just told them that we met on TV. You know, they they are very observant of all of the people who, you know, ask us for pictures and tell us that they, you know, watched us on television and loved our season and all of that. So over the years, they have had to suffer through a lot of, um, strangers photos (laughs) (laughs) and um, I just told them you know that we were on TV they have not seen the show and I don't know that we'll show them that for quite a while (laughs) I don't want them seeing mommy um, dating 25 (laughs) times but um, but we were actually just talking about breaking out the wedding video for um, for our anniversary because we will be celebrating 14 years on December 6th Amazing. um, Yeah. Congrats. Thank you. Thank you so much. And how cool is it that your kids can watch your $3 million wedding (laughs) back? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, definitely I'm hopeful that my daughter doesn't think that she's going to be having her parents fork out three or four million dollars for her wedding (laughs) (laughs) unless we of course win the lottery but um no i mean it's such a such a cool little perk of the show is being able to have you know uh, and that's one of the reasons that we did ultimately say yes to it is that you know, we wanted to be able to have ABC, I mean, a major television network filming our our memories from that day. And, um, it, it you know, it was awkward at times. I'll definitely admit that, especially because, um, I don't know if you guys know this, but Charlie, who was the number two guy on the show, was actually like a little commentator <laughs> during the wedding. <laughs> No way. Oh, yeah, way. Um, Very awkward. He was, like, in the room when Ryan and Bob, um, his dad, were having their little, like, last-minute talk before they went out. I mean, super awkward, but um, just one of those things that, you know, we agreed to deal with because we wanted to be able to have, you know, this dream wedding that we could, you know, uh, end up showing our kids on a VHS tape nonetheless. Right. (laughs) 
my big question for you then, would you, because of all the perks, and there are, there is a downside, we all know it, would you allow your daughter to go on the show? I would. I would because, you know what, um, as, as, you know, I, I hope that my book kind of shows and my posts and everything, I try to be a positive person and focus more on the positive than on the negative. And, I, I mean, obviously for me and Ryan and the ability to be introduced through a crazy, untraditional way on The Bachelorette, um, it was the best positive ever. And I would love for her to be able to meet someone. I mean, I when I was on the show and when I was asked to do the show after being on The Bachelor, um, you know, this this kind of genre, this kind of format had never been done before. And for a, a woman to kind of take the reins was, like, unheard of. Like, people were gasping in the reporting world. Like, I remember being called every name in the book and saying that I was going to be sending the women's movement back, you know, decades or whatever. And um, just trying to be strong through it because I knew that it could potentially be life-changing for me. And so, yes, 100%, I would say, and I say to all the people who, anyone who asked me if they should do the show, if they should do a wedding, you know, Ben, we talked about it, I feel like, at one point. Um, I feel like, yes, the benefits far outweigh the negatives because I have a beautiful family from it. I met my husband, who I... I'm still in love with to this day even more so, and two beautiful kiddos that I are my life now, so 100%. It's interesting that you say people gave you a hard time for being like the female lead and taking like, feminism back. Yeah. Um, that's interesting because I think you are in a position of power and like they give you all these options and the guys have to work for you and then you're the one making the decisions, and I think that is actually a very powerful female role. I agree, but I think it it was in a way that they felt like I was going to look like a slut, you oh. know, that I was, I had 25 guys that I was choosing from, and if the guy is doing the choosing, and they're like Bob, like he was like the kissing bandit or something right. like that, um, you know, like if they're Bob, then every everyone can laugh about them being a kissing bandit, but back when I was doing it, um, like 2002, um, I believe our show aired, mm-hmm. And for a girl, like, now, I swear to God, they kiss every single person on the show. You know, it's not an abnormal thing. But when I was on, I literally kissed, I think, four guys. Um, Wow. Yeah. I mean, I remember, this is really funny, Amy. I don't know if you remember this, but Jamie Blythe um, was one of the guys, and we were on this barbecue date. And he is like Kendall, like perfect Kendall, played professional basketball or wanted, I, I, anyway, perfect guy, you know, whatever. And I just wasn't into him at the time. And he was like, do you think I could give you a kiss? And I was like, maybe on the cheek, like literally. <laughs> How crazy is that? I just that remember I... Russ Woods being so, so sweaty by that fire on like his final night. Like it was, he was down to the top three, I think. Yeah. And he was yeah. just profusely sweating yeah because that was definitely an awkward we were not getting along at the time so he was like oh crap and we had bob on not too long ago and i do remember one of the guys eating out of a dog bowl 
Oh, they were, okay, so my guys were just, like, it was like a fraternity house. They had the best time to this day. I swear we did an interview like a month ago, and Ryan was talking about how they wanted to hang out more with each other at the house than go on the dates with me at the time, <laughs> in the beginning. They were like, we were having way too much fun together. I mean, I love Bob. I, I adore him and, um, and, and all of the guys on my show. They were great. I was really lucky. Who do you see keep in touch with? From my season? Yeah. Um, maybe just Bob. I mean, I saw, we saw Russ maybe like, I don't know, eight years ago or something like that. Um, we've heard about Charlie through friends of <laughs> friends. Um, everyone asked me if Alex Michelle, the very first Bachelor, is someone I have ever run into, and the answer is no. Um, I have no idea what happened. Dropped off the face. I I do see Russ Woods quite a bit. I'm trying to think who else from your season. Bob. Yeah, Bob. Jamie Blythe. I've talked to. um, But that's mainly it. I mean, and Ryan doesn't necessarily stay in touch with with any of the other guys either. But girls from my season, Shannon Oliver. um, She was on The Bachelor and Amy Anzell. you know, I'm sure you both, Ashley and Ben, you you know, you make lifelong long friends from it, and mm-hmm. it's the connections um, are really what matter afterwards, you know. I mean, obviously for me, my relationship is priority, <laughs> but I love that we can establish these connections, even though we, there is this huge age gap now, at least for me and all of you, all of the rest of you. But um, Well, just saying that, I want to say that I think you're like the Bachelor Evergreen. Like, I think it's amazing that you just said that you and Ryan still do interviews on the regular. You know what I mean? So you've never gotten... You've never been not relevant in this franchise, and maybe it's because you're the first girl and you're the first marriage out of it. You're the first kids out of it. But I need to ask you, why do you think the track record for Bachelorettes that you started is better than the track record for Bachelors? Because there's only one married Bachelor to his winner, which is Sean and Catherine. So why do you think that the girls have more success? Well, number one, I want to say thank you for saying that. I think that's very sweet because I, I, I don't necessarily always agree. I think I'm irrelevant a lot of the time. No. <laughs> um, Not at all. I mean, I'm basically living my life here in Colorado and, you know, focusing on the kids. And when we get the opportunity to do, um, you know, spokesperson roles or partnerships or whatever, we love doing that kind of stuff. We had an HGTV show uh, or pilot. You know, those kind of things are super fun for us, but they definitely don't come around um, on the regular necessarily. But so anyway, thank you for saying that. And I think of that... Course, it's true. Um, in terms of the Bachelorettes compared to the Bachelors, I think, honestly, it's just the girls, for some reason, are, are and I don't know that it's necessarily a girl versus guy thing. It's an individual thing. I think that just the girls who have come on the shows are just ready for that commitment. They end up finding that person that they're meant to be with, whether you call it fate or or luck or whatever your belief system is. I think that just the girls ended up being ready for their relationship. And um, for whatever reason, they ended up ending up together, you know, and and making it uh, a reality after reality TV. It is interesting there has not been one Bachelor divorce. Yeah, that's true. 
Well, God, God forbid. <laughs> Hopefully, it that will never is a good point. But I mean, if you look at statistics of just regular yeah. people, you're right. I mean, how many? So, do you guys know how many marriages there are? I mean, at least there's five or six, right? Me, uh, I think they're got to count. Sean, Des, Jason, Jason, Molly. If you count them, yeah, you count them. Um, I count them. Um, who else? Who am I missing? Oh, uh, um, 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 Ashley and what's his name? She got, got Ashley and JP. Well, and Carly and Evan, Jade and Tanner. Right, true. That's true. And no divorces. No divorces. Knock on wood. Let's hope that never happens. It's wild. I mean, it is kind of crazy that I just think even as you were talking there, Trista, there has been a lot that's changed. What are the biggest changes? And outside of the weddings and outside of the, the man versus woman, you know, what works better, what has changed from the time that you were the bachelorette to today? Number one, you guys gone way better trips. Like, come on, seriously. I went, I went to Santa Fe and Deadwood, South Dakota. Okay, well, yeah, you <laughs> might be might might be on my level, but um, <laughs> I went to Seattle, and right. um, and I love Seattle. That's where I fell in love with my husband. But um, Seattle and Cabo was like the farthest we went. Um, I did go to Whoa. Maui on the very first Bachelor, but come on, I mean, it's like they're traveling the world. Can you tell I'm a little a little jealous? Um, Wait, I want to go back to you falling in love with Ryan in Seattle. What was the moment? You know, um, God, I, well, so backing up, Vale was, we came to Vale for his hometown date. And that is when I knew I could fall in love with him. He handed me this little note in one of the cars, like none of the cameras were rolling. And it told me I was fall, he was falling in love with me. And I was just like, we're, I don't know if you know the book, um, uh, the five love languages, but I am a words of affirmation girl. Like I, mm-hmm. any kind of words written or spoken, um, is my thing. So anyway, he hands me this note, tells me he's falling in love with me. And I, I was, I was falling for him at the time. And then we went to Seattle and besides just the, the like romantic aspect of who he is, um, there was a lot of passion. Let's just say, I mean, we were making out on the couch in our hotel room at the W. Um, and I remember Jason Carbone. Do you remember Jason Carbone? Amy Sugarman. Um, he was one of the, um, producers on the show and he was sitting in the hotel room with, you know, the cameraman and everything. And, I looked at him after probably like an hour or two hours or three hours. It was, it was obnoxious. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, really, you guys are not getting any more than this. So can you please leave? Like, just get out of here. We really kind of want to just have this night to ourselves. So um, I think I just, it all came together there. His, he, I think a lot of people remember us being on our date in the, what's that called? The space needle. And, um, his humor came out in that, like, they he had never watched the show before. And the date card comes out, and I say, okay, do you want to go to our – forego our individual <laughs> suites and uh, go to the fantasy suite? And he goes, check, please. And so many people to this day never forget that. And I think his – you know, I, it just all came together for me in Seattle. So, anyway, I can't even remember what the conversation was before that, but um, – yeah, I just. I mean, I think it's awesome. You mentioned a great book too, uh, the Five Love, Love Languages. What a great, great book! And then, I mean, just looking back on your story, Trista, it is an incredible one. One that we've, you know, we still see clips from. 
uh, I, I've loved getting to meet you and Ryan in person. And, and before we move on to, to our final topic here, because I, I want to make sure that we touch on, on your le- latest project, I want to give you a little shout-out. Uh, the first time I met Trista, I was in Denver, downtown Denver, with my aunt and my uncle and my, my cousins, and we had gone out to brunch. And I'd never met Trista before. I'd just gotten off The Bachelorette. Actually, I think The Bachelorette was still um, airing. Yeah, so I think so. You had no clue how it ended. And you called me out, and you said, hey, I know you. And I said, well, hey, I know you too. And you came up, and you talked to my family and I for, you know, a long, long time. And it was such a cool moment uh, for me to get to know somebody who I had watched on TV, uh, a relationship that I admired and, and I was hoping to have. Uh, and just for you guys to take the time out just to hang out with us. So that meant a lot to me. And it started out my journey then into The Bachelor. Um, keeping that in the back of my head the whole time was, hey, these people did it. They're great people. Um, they're somebody I should look up to. So thanks, Trista. Thank you, Ryan, um, for taking that time out that day. You are so sweet. I mean, I was super excited. I'm still a huge fan. I just did an interview this morning, and I literally called myself a consummate fan. How many times have I said literally? I mean, that's See, awful. you did another interview. That's how relevant you are. Okay, well, well, okay. So anyway, um, <laughs> so I did an interview, and they were, they were like, do you still watch the show? And I told them that I have never... I have never missed an episode, whether it is mm-hmm. Bachelor, Bachelorette, Bachelor in Paradise, um, Bachelor Pad, Bachelor Winter Games I will be watching. I mean, honestly, it's and I, you, I know you guys feel the same way because I know you have friendships and connections through the show, but it's like a family. Like, it's I, I feel connected to people even when I meet them, you know, at brunch um, and have never met them before. I feel connected to everyone and I love that I can I can have those connections because that really was is what life is about you know it's about connections and relationships at least it is to me and um, to be able to have a shared experience um, you know and a mutual admiration for people who have been through the same thing we know what it's like to go through the show we know what it's like um, to experience what we did um, it's really, really unique and really cool to me. So anyway, I, that was a day I'll, I'll never forget, and I have an awful memory, but I totally remember you. You were standing there taking a picture of your family, and I totally called you out because I was a fan because I was yep. watching you on TV. Well, my family was a big fan, too. My Aunt Cindy was standing there going, I know that girl, and she was freaking out. I was like, hey, you got to calm yourself down. Like, I'm doing the same show she did. Uh, before, before we head out here, i got to ask you um, about your latest project. Project. Um, and so you, be, before you answer that question, can you make me one commitment? Uh, maybe. Will you come back on then uh, somewhere mid-season for RE season, and will you help us dissect everything going on in, this, in, in the episodes? Oh, I'd love to. Yes. Okay, perfect. So we're going okay. to yeah. come back um, for some analysis. And, and so now please tell everybody listening out there about this awesome new book you wrote. It's called The Happily Ever After, Life, The Life-Changing Power of a Grateful Heart. Perfect for the Thanksgiving season. Trista, I'll let you kind of take it from here. Well, I, I love that you're bringing it up because it actually, I wrote it three years ago. And um, I, I wrote it, I wanted to write a children's book. It was one of my kind of dreams. And um, I told a, an agent that I was working with at the time that it was something that I wanted to work on. And she connected me to a literary agent. And the literary agent told me, 
um, you really should start with an adult book. But people don't have much success with children's books. So I thought, okay, what the hell could I write about? And at the time, gratitude was really important to me. It still is. I think um, it's an in- incredible way for people who are put into the public eye, like like actually the four of us, um, you know, a, a way to stay grounded. And I think that's really important. I'm, you know, from the Midwest, it's, and those are part of my Midwestern values is really staying grounded and connected to um, who I am true to myself and not just who people know me as on television. So um, I told my agent that I, what about gratitude? And she thought, said, I love that. So we went with it and I include stories of, um, from myself, from my husband, from my family and friends. I mean, I talk about how my mom was date raped and how I have a half sister because of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I share stories of watching people cross the finish line at the Ironman and seeing actual will in front of my eyes, you know, mind over matter kind of stuff. Um, and then just share, um, you know, there's some fun stuff in there too, but it was, it was such a, an amazing project to be able to do because I feel like it's a legacy for my kids. You know, when I do pass on and, you know, this summer I actually experienced a seizure and kind of had that, um, that knowledge and remem- uh, reminder that we are all uh, mortal and our our day will come. So uh, whenever my day does come, when I when I'm gone, you know, I love that I am able to leave this legacy of um, of gratitude behind for my kids. So thank you for bringing it up, considering it definitely is not a new project, but it's definitely a passion project for me and always will be. I mean, that's incredible. Yeah, so, I mean, for the Thanksgiving season, that sounds like no matter if it was written three years ago or if it was written a week ago, it's relevant. And, uh, and Trista, thank you. Thank you for sharing that. And so if you're interested, anybody listening out there, again, it's called The Happily Ever After. Wow, what a title, Trista, Happily Ever After. <laughs> but you really do have a happily ever after. Well, I, I've I've been a part of a happily ever after myself. The oh, life-changing power of a grateful heart. Um, Trista Setter, you are the original Bachelorette. We appreciate you coming on the podcast. Thank you so much. Thank you. Can't wait to have you back. Love you, Trista. Talk to you soon. Okay, bye, guys. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Speaking of Thanksgiving, the holidays are here. Families in town. Time to make some food. My parents, like I said, will be rearranging my furniture, cleaning my house, adding pictures, new lights. Who knows what's going to happen by the time I get home today. So, with them being busy, I might need to cook. Blue Apron is the leading meal kit delivery service in the U.S., and while you may know what they do, you may not know about the types of meals you eat when you cook with Blue Apron. It's not just burgers, short ribs burgers with hoppy cheddar sauce on a pretzel bun. We're Mm. talking seared steaks and thyme pan sauce with mashed potatoes, green beans, and crispy shallots. Yeah. This is all in under 45 minutes, and without a trip to the grocery store, Blue Apron's mission is to make incredible home cooking accessible to everyone. Hey, Ashley, I got to tell you, um, Blue Apron delivered a box uh, to my house this week, and as I'm up in the office, my parents are working around the house. Like I said, they needed lunch, and I'm not Mm -hmm. kidding you. They pulled out the Blue Apron kit, and my mom had a great time. She loves to cook, and I was surprised how much she didn't love to cook the Blue Apron. 
because she got the she got the feel um, like she was cooking without going to grocery store. So it's a great. My thing. mom loves it too. She thinks it's genius. It really is. So I want to, you, all the listeners to check out these recipes for November. Roasted chicken and fall vegetables with cranberry and ginger compote. Butternut squash pasta with kale and brown butter walnuts. Is it me or is there something sexy if Ben was cooking dinner for us, Ashley? Oh, I think we've already had this imagery before. Oh, that was a Because I'm really getting it but... right now with Ben. Are you getting it? Oh, wow. I feel like... I... I feel like I'm not throwing the vibes today, you so are. I'm surprised you're getting it. It's oh, weird come on, how much Amy. I'm sort of picturing you with, like, the fire going and, like, cooking and, like, kind of wiping your hands off on a towel with, like, a drink in your hand. Oh. Like, I don't know. I'm really going there. <laughs> I see that now. I see that. There is something about a man making a steak that is sexy. Mm-hmm. I do have my white apron that I really do no, enjoy no, no. wearing. No, 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 You've now uh-huh. ruined it. No apron. <laughs> <laughs> and Blue Apron is treating you to your first dinner, a $30 value, if you visit blueapron.com backslash almost famous. So check out this week's menu and get your $30 off with free shipping at blueapron.com backslash almost famous. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. All right, Ben, should we move on to some listener emails? It's my favorite favorite part. All right. Well, let's do it. This is from Renee. It says, hey, Ben, Ashley, and Amy. <laughs> I am a 47-year-old mother of 11 children. Oh, yes. I love her. I love this, <laughs> I love this email. The ages range from 26 to 8 years old. Several of my older daughters and I have watched the show together for years I faithfully listened to your podcast while I'm cleaning the house. Today, I was listening to the discussion about age difference between men and women. I just wanted to share the experience of my husband's parents. They were 32 years apart in age. Papa was in his 50s when they when he married Jean, who was in her 20s. Papa had been married before and didn't have children. After they had been married for several years... Papa, the grandfather, became a father at the age of 64 for the first time. My husband came along two years after that when Papa was 66. Because of that union, my husband and I have been married for 28 years. I know it was a different era when Papa and Jean were married, but they made it work until he died at the age of 94 in 1998. I thought it would share. I thought I would share a great success story for you on this topic. Thanks for keeping me entertained and have a happy Thanksgiving. That is an amazing she story. The cutest picture of all the the kids of all eleven kids. Which I'm is having so a hard funny. time processing this. <laughs> yeah, this conceptualizing it. I get it. Yeah, this is amazing. I mean, what an c- incredible story. I mean, yeah, yeah, Renee, we're we're stoked to hear this. This is exactly the kind of emails we're we're hoping for, right? I mean, ones that yeah. just kind of rock our world a little bit. Yeah, it, I was thrown off at the first the first line because it says she has eleven kids, and I'm like, how do the eleven kids play into this? Well, it's because her husband's parents were thirty years ish yep. apart, and if it weren't for those parents getting together, then these eleven children wouldn't exist. I like to bring everything back to celebrities, and did you know Catherine <laughs> Jones is twenty five years younger than Michael Douglas? Right. And even though they had a hiccup, they made it work. Oh, I love that they made it work because I love them together. They're just sexy together. Yeah. So sometimes that age difference does work. Yeah. Very, very interesting, Renee. 
All right. So, Ben, you're so good with dating and breakup advice. You gave the best advice last week, and I think people are wanting more from you. So this is from Katie. Ashley and Ben. Ben seems to be like a person who really values the importance of communication in a relationship. I hope he can share his advice with me because I'm lacking a male's perspective on the situation. My three-and-a-half-year-long relationship ended roughly three months ago. I met my ex in my hometown, and after we graduated from college, we moved to Nashville together. We were 23, but I was head over heels in love, and I had known that I had found my soulmate. After two years of dating, he abruptly broke up with me after a bad argument. Y'all, to say that I was devastated was an understatement. I panicked and took a job offer out of state and moved six weeks later. On top of the breakup, I discovered that my ex was suffering from an opiate addiction. I can't even put into words how difficult it was to leave behind the person that I was still so in love with, knowing that he needed real help. To my surprise, my ex called me three weeks later after I moved, pleading to give him another chance. He checked himself into an outpatient rehab program, and I decided to move back, get back together with him, and support him. While visiting him on the 4th of July this year, we ended our visit with a massive fight, one which extremely hurt my feelings because of things that were said between both of us. Six weeks later, we finally talked and decided to cut ties over the phone. It wasn't what I wanted at all. Two months later, I've moved back to Nashville anyway. I have a great group of friends here, and I am so happy to be back in a familiar surrounding. I've been back for a few weeks, and it's been amazing. This leads me to the question that I have for Ben. Is it important to reach out to him and ask for closure? Or if he cared about me, would he have already reached out? Despite everything we've been through and the love that we shared, why do you think he could completely shut me out in the manner that he did? Do you think it's healthy to move on by blocking someone out? Life has been so crazy recently, and I'm hoping to receive some advice from a man who seems like he really has his life together. The oh, end. I, I wish I had my life together. That's, that's sweet of you to, to assume. Um, all right. <laughs> so just to summarize here, Katie and her boyfriend had a very, very serious relationship. Um, after some rough spots, uh, not only personally uh, between them, themselves individu- as individuals, um, they broke up. Ended up getting back together and then broke up again, and now she's looking um, for some help. So as I'm reading this, I'm, I'm thinking a few things. First off, I, um, I'm sorry to hear about your boyfriend. Um, opiate addiction is nothing to, to take lightly, and uh, really, uh, you know, coming from where I come in, in Indiana, it is something that's prevalent, and it's tough, and it's tough to watch, and it's tough to see. And the one thing I do know about opiate addiction is that it does change your, your character. It does change your personality at times. And so some of this to me, kind of the, the fluctuation in the story kind of seems like something else is going on behind the scenes. Um, and I don't know if that's true or not, but that doesn't change the end result. The end result is that now you aren't together and you're looking for an answer. Um, so my, my first initial thought is I don't know if talking to him will ever bring closure. Um, you know, if it goes really well, um, then you'll probably miss him. If it goes terribly, then you're going to be resentful and angry at him. So that's my first thought. My second thought is this. Um, Closure comes from within. Closure comes from yourself. And so I know in my past relationships, ones that have, haven't worked out um, and ones that have been really successful for a long time, um, my feelings towards the other person and my feelings towards the relationship 
are affected by how I feel internally. And so as you're looking at this relationship now, um, kind of on the back end of it and thinking about the good times and the bad times and thinking about the times that were spent together and the times that you leaned on him and he leaned on you for support and advice and you start to miss him and you just want to get him out of your head, I, it probably sounds like here, you just want to forget about it, um, you have to come to terms with that yourself. And so one way to do that is to forgive. Make sure you forgive first. I think forgiveness is is the most important step here. You have to forgive him for anything that he said that was wrong, anything he did that hurt you, um, anything that maybe stung deep with inside you personally. You have to forgive him. You have to release him from that, and you have to release yourself from that, that burden. Um, and after you forgive him, you have to hope for the best. And I know that sounds cliche and corny and, and super light, but you really do. You have to hope that he has the best life possible um, because one thing you can't do, uh, is control him. This is not it. And so, so meeting with him, I don't think it's a smart decision, but if you can forgive and you can allow yourself to get in a good place mentally on your thoughts towards him, I think then closure will come because you'll be in a better place to move on uh, either with somebody or maybe with, with nobody, but you'll at least be able to move on as an individual. And Katie, I'm telling you that is the most important thing right now is you have to find a way to move on as an individual so that you can live your best life possible. All right. I think you said it all. I can't elaborate on that. Wow. Yes. Ben, get into ministry. I think that you need to be like the next huge Dr. minister. Phil? No. I like that, though. He should be the, ne- the new Dr. Phil. The well, you could definitely Dr. do that, too. <gasps> that's a great idea. Amy, get on it. I've already trademarked it. <laughs> no, I mean, that's Dr. True, ben. You know, I really do enjoy talking about relationships and talking about life. You know, Trista brought up a book called The Five Love Languages, a book that's meant a lot to me as I've tried to explore, okay, where are my, my weaknesses, where are my strengths? Um, we live in this life that is so rich and so deep, and, and I find myself so often saying there has to be more, right? There has to be more. There has to be more emotion. There has to be more feelings. Um, pain has to feel less at times, and, and the joys have to feel like – I have to feel more joy. And it's just so fun to talk about because we're all on this crazy journey together. And so if we can uh, get these emails in from our listeners and we can discuss it, you're making my life a lot of fun. So I appreciate it. Thanks, Katie, for being super, super honest with us. Wait, Ben, what's your love language? Uh, it is uh, physical touch, actually. I... Um, my back rub, honestly, is, uh, and I'm not, this is not, uh, my grandma uh, told me that as a little baby, when I would cry or I'd be upset, if she would just come in and rub my back real lightly, I would stop crying and I would become peaceful. And my mom said the same thing, and it works today. If I'm stressed out and anybody that's close to me and that loves me, um, if I'm really stressed out, if I'm really hurting, a hand on my back and just it just calms me. And so the physical touch is one way for somebody to show that they care, that they love me, and that they're willing to do something that's not exactly benefiting themselves to make my life better. And that's Aww. that just feels really good. Ashley, Little you know Ben. You know yeah. Now I know why Ben always gives us a massage the second he sees well, us. It's I, like his ben hug, his welcome hug. his arm out and I always just like rub his arm. Yeah, it's really nice. Aww. Thanks, Amy. Yeah. <laughs> just ma- an excuse to touch you. Ashley, what's your love language? Mine is definitely touch with quality time. It's like all I need of you is to like sit on the couch with me and snuggle for a long (laughs) time. All I need of you is all of your time. (laughs) Exactly. But yeah, I'm a big touch person too. Oh, that's awesome. Well, all right, so we have a few more emails here that I want to read through. Um, I'm going to read this one uh, because it's to Ashley, and it would be weird if Ashley read 
to herself and then answered for herself. So this is from Patricia. Hi, Ashley. I'm a big fan of both you and Ben, and I think I saw a tweet from you talking about Taylor Swift's album and how you like the album but needed someone to be in love to relate. Forgive me if those are not the exact words, she says. And then I thought, wasn't Wells your getaway car and probably one of the reasons the relationship didn't go too far? Also, I can totally see Endgame as a song for you and Jared, even if not applicable now. And really, you don't feel like singing gorgeous to Dean? Even if he is just a friend, come on. Taylor probably follows you on social media and created the song, Don't Blame Me, just for you, Ashley. (laughs) The song has your name all over it. LOL. You can tell I love Taylor Swift. I relate to every song, even though I don't really relate to any song. She's happily married with two kids. And then she says, Ben, I know this is about Ashley, but you are truly the best bat. Okay. We're good. Hey, <laughs> Ashley, what do you think? She's trying your coffee. Oh, yeah. Hey, thanks for trying the coffee. I didn't read that part. Trying the coffee is on to my to-do list. Hey, everybody out there, generous coffee. Love for you to try it. Wait, I, yeah. love, it. I love when people can compare their lives to songs. I mean, that's that's what I do with Taylor. It's honestly like every two to three years, I have a new diary entry that like I gave her the material for, but then she put together in pretty words and pretty sounds and she wrapped it up in a gift and she goes, here, Ashley, here's your life in music. And it, I'm so, so thankful for Taylor Swift for having this talent in which that she writes for all of us girls. What's interesting about the Reputation album is I do think it's a little bit more specific to her stories and... And the the language isn't as How broad. Dare she not write it directly. To I you, know, <laughs> I know. But so yes, I did tweet when the album came out that like there's a lot of love songs. We're we're used to like moodier songs about Taylor being nostalgic of a past heartbreak, and this there's a lot of love songs, and there's a lot of steamy songs, and I'm like, ooh, okay, gotta find someone now so I can relate to this music more. But um, so interesting the way that you are listening to. Taylor's album and you're thinking about me for it that means the world to me that is like the sweetest thing thank you thank you for thinking of me Patricia don't blame me could have been my bachelor theme song never thought about getaway car with Wells but I suppose in a sense yes um end game I never think about Jared during that song either but now I will during a period of time um in our past and gorgeous, I mean, you're right. Gorgeous is a song about Dean. Like, the eyes so blue, right? Holy moly. All oh. right, but thank you, Patricia. Um, ben, what's your so theme thoughtful. song right now? Uh, Poncho and Lefty by Merle Haggard. <laughs> what? It's a good song. It's a great song. I was not <laughs> expecting that at all. Um, I also need to give a little plug to myself. The entire I Don't Get It podcast this week is about breaking down the lyrics in Taylor's new album. We have expert from Access Hollywood, Oscar Gracie, telling us so much of the the behind-the-scenes stories that take part in the album that you would have had no idea about. But these lyrics are decoded in the new I Don't Get It podcast. Before we move on to more listener emails about fun stuff like relationships and Taylor Swift... We had an email this week from a listener named Jackie who is raving about BioClarity. I have to read this to you guys because it's made me all warm and fuzzy inside. 
She says, hi, Ben and Ashley. I'm 20. I'm from a small town. Everybody knows my family in our business. Growing up, my sister was always the pretty one. She had the perfect body and the clear face. So every time we would go out, I would have to have a foundation on. I would just find everything I could just to cover my face. High school was horrible. I would start getting ready for events hours early to make sure that my makeup was done. And then about a week ago, I tried BioClarity. I started using it, and now I'm confident again. I went four days without wearing foundation for the first time in six years. Yeah, Yes, the liberation I feel for you. I would never have known about BioClarity if it wasn't for your podcast. I'm confident hanging out with my friends, and going to work again without makeup. Thank you so much. Jackie, that is the best news ever. BioClarity sponsors our show for a reason because it actually works, and I'm so glad that it's given you a new sense of confidence. There's nothing better in this world than the feeling of going out in public without makeup and feeling pretty. It's a great, great feeling. And BioClarity is going to help you get that feeling. Let BioClarity help you face the day and feel confident with clear, refreshed skin. Just like Jackie, go to BioClarity.com. Right now, you'll get your first month for only $9.95 plus free shipping. That's a $20 savings. And it comes with a 100% risk-free money-back guarantee. But you need to enter our code, which is FAMOUS. So it's BioClarity.com. Enter the code FAMOUS and have beautiful skin and feel confident about yourself. It's amazing. You guys, if you have experiences like Jackie, please let us know. If you love our sponsors, we want to know your own personal experiences with them. So email us at benandashley at iheartmedia.com. Let's hear them. All right. Well, we got another email from Meryl. Hey, Ben and Ashley. I've been with my boyfriend for two years and nine months now. A year and a half of that has been long distance after he moved away from New York to accept a job in D.C. He recently quit his job, which I thought would enable him to move in with me while he continues to look for a new job in New York. But that happened two months ago, and he's still living with his parents in D.C. and visiting me occasionally. He says it would not go over well with his family if he moved in with me without having a job. He seems to always care about his parents' opinions a lot, and I often think that they're more important than mine. Well, well, Meryl, they, they probably should be. Um, another issue that we've had comes with the long-distance sex. He has trouble performing when he's tired or stressed or busy. All of those have little quotation marks around them, which is basically all the time. In the course of staying with me for a week, we'll do it maybe one or two times. I can't live like this. I love him, but we should <laughs> So much frustration. Be... <laughs> I know. I love him, but what's the last straw in this relationship be? We fight a lot, and I don't think it's healthy. I know he's in a tough situation right now, and I want to be supportive, but when is the time to put your foot down for what you deserve? But when is the time to put your... But when is the time that you put your foot down for what you believe you deserve? Okay. Well, Meryl, I do wish that I knew your age because there are like a certain age range in our lives that parents' opinions need to be more important than a significant other's um, rela- you know, Meryl's opinions. Meryl's 23. Okay. Still think that if Meryl's 23, the parents probably need to... Their opinions are a little bit more important, especially if he's being financially supported by the parents right now. Right? I, I, I would completely agree. I mean, I think your parents' opinion is incredibly important. I think there is a level to when you make that vow 
Uh, oh yeah, no. If we're talking like you guys are yeah. engaged, totally different I story. Mean, I think I think you're completely right. I think when you're just considered a boyfriend, girlfriend, then your parents um, have a huge role in in your life. Still, you know, they, they really are. And, and once you decide to, as the good old Bible says, get up and and leave your family through marriage and through that engagement, then is the time to take the, the parents to take a step back. But as I'm reading this, I'm thinking, man, his parents are his best confidants right now. You know, his parents are the people that love him and probably care about him um, the most, even uh, including you, Meryl. And so it's important that he listens to them. Yeah. And Meryl, if he quit his job and he doesn't have a job right now and you want him to go, you want him to go live in New York? I don't know. I mean, I don't think you'd like that either. I think that he needs to get his own life together before joining joining you. Does that make sense? Does that you agree with that? Yeah, I mean, I think in, in, before we make too many assumptions on on this relationship, I think there's some things here that really stand out. One is um, there's obviously unhappiness. There's unsettled anger uh, just from reading this email, right? There's there's some disappointment. Yeah. So my first question to Meryl, without saying, "Hey, this is what I, what I think you should feel," is have you asked? Him, have you talked to him about this? Have you brought this stuff up to him? Have you have you asked him about you know if 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 sex is important to you and you've both decided to participate in it? Um, as a couple, uh, and you feel like you're not getting your end of the deal or what you would expect if you feel like there's distance there in your physical your physical relationship, have you sat him down and talked to him about it? Because if you haven't, that would be the first step. And if you feel uncomfortable doing that, I would ask you why. Why have you had a boyfriend yeah. for two years and nine months and you don't feel comfortable talking to him about some of the, the basic elements in life and, and relationships? Yeah, and Ben, correct me if I'm wrong, because obviously no expert in this department, but if a guy is jobless and kind of feeling down and out, he's not going to be like super horn dog, right? He's not going to be horny. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I, I just, you're, you're, you're spot on. I mean, I think when, when any guy is, you know, what men need in life is, is to kind of, they, we, we are so fragile. We really are. Most men are so fragile and they can get beaten down so quickly. And so, you know, if he doesn't have a job and, and if he feels kind of lost and he, he's kind of tossing and turning and he doesn't feel like Merrill is happy with him, he could feel pretty down on himself. And as a result of that, his libido and his, his confidence could be way, way down. And so, Merrill, with that, you are committed to this man as a boyfriend, right? I mean, at least at this point, you're committed to this man. And so you have agreed to be with him even in those moments that he is down. And so my job or my advice to you, Meryl, would be to, in this season of his life, lift him up. Because I hope that he would do the same to you when you'd feel down and out, is lift you up. And that's how relationships work. It's a dance. It's like you two are salsing together, right? You're taking one step back and one step forward, and you're, you're pulling each other along. That's a relationship. You're dancing together. And so, hey, Meryl, dance with him a little bit. I agree. And, Meryl, you can come visit him down here. It's just a three-hour train ride. Yeah, I mean, everybody can take a train. So, hey, Meryl, here's my advice. Thank you so much for writing in. But I think you have some things to talk about with your boyfriend. Um, none of this email looks like he doesn't care about you or he doesn't love you, and it doesn't look like you don't love him or care about him. It looks like you guys got to kind of take the step back and go back to the basics and say, hey, we've been together two and a half or two years and nine months. What are we missing? What are we doing well? How can we continue to move forward? Because I love you and I care about you and I don't want to lose you. Think about that conversation. How cool would that be is at the end of that conversation, you guys have a big old smooch and uh, see where it takes you. <laughs> Dr. Ben. Great advice once again. If you you guys should we start a new segment called Dr. Ben. 
where uh, you just ask Ben for relationship advice. But it's and good. then I like it's it. so good. And you're so articulate and you just like understand human beings so well. I like it. Done. I understand every human being except myself. Well, oh, those my who goodness. cannot do. Those who cannot do. <laughs> um, <laughs> but no, I mean, I think. Uh, I think this is fun. We, we we have a good time talking about this, but let's uh, let's lighten it up a little bit um, and talk uh, about um, some celebrities for me to date. All right. Well, Ben, um, a lot of people emailed in with celebrity suggestions for possible romance with for you. Are you ready to hear who they want you to be with? I'm kind of excited about this. Yeah, I'm I'm very interested. All right. Well, we start off with two from the Bachelor franchise: Danielle M. and Christina. Two okay. girls in the Nashville area. Two girls that uh, are seem very sweet, very humble, mm-hmm. and just like, and I think that you've expressed a little interest in Christina before. So have uh, I, I've expressed interest? No. When yeah. have I ever expressed? No. Um, hello, been Bentina. Bentina. Oh, that's right. That was that thing you, you, you shipped that a while back. No, she's been, you know, her and Dean, Dean's a great buddy of mine. They've been kind of off and on or on. I don't really know what, what's happening with them for a while. That just seems like a, a place that wouldn't be uh, respectful for me to, to yeah. kind of enter into. Yeah. Okay. I agree there. Ben should not date a celebrity, but if he does, it should be Nina Dobrev. I do Ooh. think she has a boyfriend, but how do you think about that? Um, do I don't know who that is, so we should probably... Vampire Diaries. People are going to freak out that you don't know who that is. Yeah. Emma Watson may be single. Ben may have a chance. What do you think of Emma Watson? I don't Watson? stand a chance. I don't stand a chance. Let's keep going. I can see you with her. How do you feel about a foreign girl with a little bit of an accent? I mean, she, she was my celebrity crush, I think, last week on, on the podcast. So oh, she I, I've always had a thing for Emma Watson. Um, but she is just like, when I, I would be so intimidated around Emma Watson, it would not be a, a good I think she's good real experience. smart. Didn't she yeah, she's an intellectual. Yeah. She went to Brown. Yeah, that's um, probably why and- I would be intimidated. You guys, Lily James. She played Cinderella in this, like, the live-action Cinderella that came out a few years ago. She is stunning, and if she's anything like her role, she's perfect for Ben. This is my favorite so far. I'm in. Let's keep going. January Jones. We already talked about that. Brittany Snow. She's cute. I like her. Could set that Uh, up pretty quick for you. Amy can definitely do that that one. one Amelia Clark. um, You know, um, Khaleesi. Sorry. Oh, jeez. Yeah, I mean, how um, you know how jealous my buddies would be of me if I started dating Amelia Clark? They, I mean, I think every person I know has a crush on her. She seems like a wonderful girl. I love her personality in interviews. She is, oh, I like that too. Second favorite. That's a little <laughs> high. Like, that's, a, that's maybe a little hard to get. Yeah, okay. I'm not feeling strong for your chances. Uh, Shay Mitchell, she has, I think, a long-term relationship. I don't know who Alexandra she, Dario? I do. She was in Baywatch, and she was in that um, earthquake movie with The Rock, oh. San Andreas, and she's oh, okay. kind of smoking hot. Like, I think she had a flingy fling with a Efron. Uh, oh, she's not okay. Into guys like me, then she's into Zach. She's not into guys like me. I'm over Zach. Do we talk about how I'm over Zach? Yeah, maybe next week. How about next week? Okay, <laughs> Lindsay Cox, who was, was also a, past Bachelorette, runner uh, batch, It was um. Uh, yeah, Ron Courtney. Apple? We were talking about that last week. Ben it was Flynn Flannix. Yeah. Okay. Lindsay Sterling. I don't know who that is. She's on Dancing with the Stars, the violinist. All right. Finally, Ben, there are so many people that want you to date their sister or their like best friend. I get tweets all the time. Ashley, can you set me up with Ben? Amy's reading emails. Everybody wants you to be with 
their sister. I mean, and I don't even that's, know what to do with course, all the emails. Of course, but of course, you know, because Ben is that wholesome guy that you want to take home to mom and dad. I won't say who. I won't say who, but I did forward one of them to Ben. So all oh, y'all Oh, did it come with a picture? It did come with a photo. And everybody listening, just know that one of your people has a chance because I did forward Oh, my goodness. This is true. I thought she was, she looked oh. pretty, pretty on, right on. And I yeah. knew. Oh, I don't want to give any more away. Ben, did you like her? I don't know. Did I see it? You have to dig through your emails. I sent it like a few days ago. Oh, okay. I don't know if I've seen it yet. That's super nice of people. I mean, it is. That's, uh, that's now, a huge compliment. Ashley, you did not get I was going to say, like, you got nobody. Two. You got Aaron Rodgers, which I think could be oh. great, but yeah. Oh, I was going to say, nobody wants me to date their brother? Not yet, but I mean, I'll, they'll come flooding in now. But And Tim Tebow. A lot of football players, I think, because of Jimmy, the 49er. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I mean, Tim... I don't need, like, I need somebody with a little bit more experience if you catch from a drift. Is he like yourself? Um, Possibly. We don't know. It's unclear. No. Uh, I think that Tebow seems like a really sweet dude. I think he's like a, I just need, like, more of an alpha. Okay. okay. More of an alpha. And then I, I would just imagine that on your wedding night, like, earthquakes would occur. Like, the, the heavens would open up. Fireworks would go off. Ben, the imagery is too gross for me to imagine. Please don't make me feel so awkward. Aaron Rodgers, that... That's all I can think about is if you and Tebow did happen to get married, that literally it would the heavens would would open. I don't do it too soon. I, I want this world to last a while. I'm having a good oh time. Oh my so. god! Um, speaking of Tim Tebow, if you're out there and a fan of the Almost Famous podcast, we're really trying to get you with Tanya Rad from Ryan Seacrest Show. You guys would be the perfect pair. Hey, um, Ashley, you have big Thanksgiving plans. Actually, not per- not really. It's just going to be my family of four, plus, you know, my best friend, Naz, <laughs> a yeah. friend of yours and a friend of all of ours. Uh, she came to Virginia, and it's just going to be the five of us, and then my aunt and my cousin are going to come down the next day for, like, a Thanksgiving part, too. That's awesome. No, I, I yeah. hope it is a great day for you, um, and I also hope it's full of a lot of memories and a lot of wine. Who's cooking yours? Oh, yeah. Wait, Ben, who's cooking yours? Who's cooking our Thanksgiving? We're having a, a big group Thanksgiving. So actually, um, Friday we're celebrating Thanksgiving, and we're going to go up to my buddy's house, the Fullers, who people out there follow quite often. So we're all going to get together at the Fullers' house, and the whole Fuller family and my family and a bunch of friends are going to get together, and we're going to celebrate Thanksgiving and all kind of have a potluck. So it's going to be really fun. That's really nice. Hey, Ben, guess what my parents decided to do? What's the hat? They're catering it. Like, my parents do everything they possibly can to get out of cooking. So when we insisted that we don't go out to dinner because my dad wanted to go out to dinner for Thanksgiving, they they try to pull this every year, and my sister and I won't have it. We're like, no, no. So my dad just told us this morning, he's like, here's the receipt for the catering that we got for Thanksgiving. So all he's going to do is make the stuffing and everything else is delivered. Hey, you know what? That's not a terrible idea, Ashley. I mean, I get where your dad's coming from because you want to focus on the memories. You want to focus on the people there. You want to focus on the relationships and not have to focus on the stress of cooking a good dinner. So I like your dad's style. I think there's more to that than than we might just see. I Um, know. And and the one thing you can also do, if you want to cater in food, you might as well cater in some some alcohol. So, Ashley, what is the most common alcohol for Thanksgiving? Two-thirds of Americans say they're most likely to drink. What do you think it is? Wine. 
Yep. But, Two but thirds. whether it's wine, beer, or liquor, this is the perfect time of the year to get Saucy, the alcohol deliveries app. Saucy delivers your favorite wine, beer, and liquor right to your door on demand. It's the Uber of alcohol. So if you're in L.A., San Francisco, Chicago, San Diego, or Sacramento, your saucy order will arrive right at your door in 30 minutes or less. And can I just say that nobody's trying to go to the grocery store during the Thanksgiving rush to buy just wine? So, you know, if you're just in need of wine, just saucy it. That's right. I mean, it's, it's the best thing. And so, okay, Thanksgiving is a few days away. So after you listen to this podcast, it's going to be posted. Um, and if you don't live in those cities, and I have some advice for you. If you go to the Saucy app and you don't live in L.A., San Francisco, Chicago, San Diego, or Sacramento, then you can still order your alcohol. and It'll be at your door in two days or less with no order minimums and no delivery fees. The Saucy app is fully stocked bar on your phone. Again, the Saucy app is a fully stocked bar on your phone. It's smart. It's efficient. It's easy. It's great for the holiday season. I'm telling you, take the stress away. Focus on the people around you. Get off your phones. Get off the internet. Maybe watch a little football, but focus on the people around you. So you have to eliminate all the stresses. And for a limited time, you can get $15 off when you download the Saucy app and enter promo code. What do you think it is? Almost famous. Your free time should be spent that way. Free, not dragging yourself to the grocery store to get some beer or a bottle of wine. That's where the Saucy app comes in. Spelled Saucy, S-A-U-C-E-Y. And enter promo code almost famous for $15 off. Do it. Hey, uh, Ashley, can I take a second? Amy, I'm going to take a second here. I need um, to talk about something that I am involved in this week of Thanksgiving. And it means of a lot course. to me. Of course. Um, so here's the deal. I've talked about generous coffee quite often on the podcast. Uh, a lot of you have ordered the coffee and I appreciate that. And we, I was just in Honduras seeing kind of the results of what's been going on and it really is incredible. And I hope all of you can come with me on a trip sometime. Um, if you're interested, make sure you email Humanity and Hope, uh, United, um, to find out when we're going and, and when I'm going. Um, but we came up with a different idea for the holiday season, one that we, we hope um, will make a huge impact. We've partnered, Generous Coffee Company has partnered with a, a brand called GoX Apparel. GoX Apparel makes all their T-shirts out of recycled water bottles, um, or recycled bottles, I should say. So uh, a lot less waste. It's good for the environment. And, and their profits, just like Generous Coffee's profits, their profits are going to children all around the world. So here's the deal. Give the gift of opportunity to children. Buy to give. That's our, that's our mission. That's our statement. Uh, we have uh, one week, and we're trying to sell 5,000 shirts. And it will support two th- if we sell 5,000 sh- shirts, it will support 2,000 um, children in school in countries like Honduras, Haiti, India, Malawi, and Ethiopia. So I'm telling you, please go out there. Uh, the link is in my bio on Instagram. We really are giving all profits away. This is just an avenue to raise a bunch of money for kids who uh, – maybe haven't had the opportunities that the rest of us have and have been born into situations that are a little more desperate. So please go out there, buy a shirt, buy some coffee. Um, Let's choose to do good this holiday season uh, together. And guys, the coffee is delicious. It was delivered to me this week. You're going to enjoy it, and you're doing something good at the same time, which is always amazing. Thanks, Ash. Appreciate that. You, like, are killing it. You're killing it. Like, you are – you're truly the most generous person I know. So. No, I mean, it really is. It's been a lot of fun. And, um, you know, I think there's a level to life when so many things go really good for you, uh, like the show and like a podcast that I really enjoy doing. And they feel very, they very, they uplift my spirits that then all of a sudden you go, wow, life has been so good to me. I, I have to give back. And oh, it, absolutely. It kind of, and, and you do the same, Ashley. And it kind of comes back to the statement that an old man once told me in a bar. 
Um, and we'll close with this. Uh, and we'll close with this this holiday season. Um, because I think it's important, and this is not my advice to anybody. It's my, it's, it really does come an old man sharing a glass of bourbon with him. And he said to me, Ben, if you die one day, which you will, and people remember you as somebody that took less than they gave back, then your life was a success. And so I'm going to stick with that because I believe that came straight from uh, my God above. So, hey, with that. You can um, write a country song. <laughs> Uh, everybody listening, Ashley and I appreciate you. Ashley, I appreciate you this uh, holiday season. I'm very thankful for you and for I'm this so podcast. so thankful for you. And, Amy, we are so thankful for you and everybody else in that room over there in yeah. L.A. We just Thank you so much. Love. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Happy, Happy Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. I've been hey. Ashley. I've been Ben, and we'll talk to you very, very soon. Bye. Follow the Ben and Ashley I Almost Famous podcast on iHeartRadio or subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts.